0: Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friends, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Hi! And today we are joined by our friend, Steph. Hello! Today we are talking about the movie Spooky Buddies, and movies that are so bad, they're good. So, spoiler alert for Spooky Buddies. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. Um so Spooky Buddies is an installment in the Buddies franchise which is a spin-off of the Airbud series. It follows Airbud's puppies on various misadventures and Spooky Buddies is the Halloween one.
1: I mean for the audience who doesn't know. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: if you're listening to this podcast without seeing this movie first, you're a madman. <laughs> That's true for every episode,
2: though. Like, I don't get the... If you're out there, fan who listens without watching what we're talking about, let us know so that we can criticize you on the next episode, (laughs) because that's weird, and you shouldn't do it. Hey,
0: I am in a different camp. I applaud you, fan, for listening to our opinion on if you should watch Spooky Buddies. And I'll
1: remain (laughs) neutral for the sake of balance.
0: (laughs) Um, For those who don't know, Spooky Buddies
2: can be found on Netflix, and I think it's important for everyone to realize that they can literally watch it tonight. (laughs) Right now. Like, we can serve as a
0: commentary. (laughs) In fact, we're gonna watch it right now and just comment on it. (laughs) Um, Rather than that, though, just in case someone wants to get an overall idea, um, Alex, do you want to give a brief overview of the plot of Spooky Buddies? Sure, so the premise of spooky
2: buddies it revolves around this mysterious house that might be haunted. It turns out that a century or so ago, um Warwick the Warlock tried to summon a Halloween hound to take over Fernfield, and he needed six puppy souls, but it had to be like of the same DNA. Mm-hmm. So he successfully got five puppy souls but was stopped with the sixth puppy soul. The soul did leave the body but didn't make it to the Halloween Halloween hound. Um
0: that's and, spelt H O W L W E E N. Yes. Um
2: and then a hundred years pass and now we have the Airbuds puppies. And there's six of them. And so what a coincidence. They might be chosen to I think I need to correct
1: you because it's definitely five.
2: It's five? Oh you know what it is, five. Oh wow. Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna remove myself from this episode, watch it, and before you guys finish, hopefully I can come back. Because
0: we can't stress this enough. It's on Netflix. (laughs) You can watch it right now.
1: (laughs) Um, it's really the month to do it.
2: Um, so Warwick the Warlock and the Halloween Hound get released a hundred years later and try to capture the five puppy souls to be able to open up a portal to release all of the other demons into
0: Fernfield. And that's what we get to watch. And boy oh boy, is it a wild ride the whole time. (laughs) So the buddies all have distinct personalities I don't know about the rest of the series, but this one focuses on b Dog, who I guess is a rapper. Um,
1: Well, he's like, yeah, he's like the cool one.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because this is the new millennium, the cool one (laughs) isn't wearing like a leather jacket and sunglasses, but he has like a gold chain that says b Dog. Which, to
1: me, was very like... 90s, like a symbol of cool in the 90s, but this film was made in 2011.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it is a very 90s movie. Um, I would like to point out that
2: B-Dog's owner was an actor in the Santa Clarita diet, and it was really nice to see him and his, like, I guess opening role, hopefully, because oh, phenomenal. No wonder he's gotten more roles since then.
0: I'll also point out, um, Warwick the Warlock has an owl named Hoot that like does his bidding um and it's voiced by Ryan Stiles who fans of Whose Line Is It Anyway will recognize that was less fun to see because I was like oh no Ryan Stiles but apparently he's in all of them in some shape or form like that
1: makes it great to me yeah
0: you know he's committed to the brand and you know what I can get behind loyalty
1: and Frank, Frank, hoot was very loyal
0: hoot was loyal until, he was loyal
1: for a hundred years yeah,
0: to a
2: fault
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah hoot, so <laughs> so warwick gets trapped with the halloween hound in this like mirror and then hoot just stays on the haunted house premises like waiting for him so um <coughs> good job for hoot um i just need to talk about my favorite part of the movie i got physical laughing at this movie like i got off the couch and like walked around i was laughing so hard (laughs) but very early on warwick warwick has a staff that later billy gets but warwick starts surfing on it as, like, transportation. It's, like, his move yeah. throughout the film. Because <laughs> you, think, you think it's like, oh, he'll do that maybe twice at most. He does it at least five times.
2: Um, For about 20 minutes of the movie, Warwick the Warlock and the Halloween Hound think that demons and goblins have already taken over Fernfield because it is Halloween. And... It's a premise that stalls the inevitable and does not get (laughs) used in any other way. Um, They think that Billy is a real warlock because he's dressed like a warlock, but they quickly figure out that he's not. He's just a kid dressed up. And the reveal of Warwick finding out that everyone's just in costume amounts to nothing. It's just a turning
0: point of, oh, wait. Okay, yeah, I can take over this town again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Warwick's walking around on Halloween night, and he walks up to a door trick-or-treating, basically, and the guy that answers the door is like, aren't you a little old to be trick-or-treating? And then Warwick starts spouting this nonsense because he doesn't know what's happening, and this dude isn't immediately like, get off my property right now, like, this is not okay. He's just like come on, man, I'm not going to give you any candy. <laughs> and then Warwick like calls his owl or something, and then the dude's like, okay, yeah, you can have some candy. It's It's all just very, very weird stuff that I have no idea why any of this happened.
2: I don't know if I would have liked this movie as a kid. Like, it's very obvious that this movie was geared towards a younger generation, and I'm pretty sure I would have thought it was stupid then, too.
0: Yeah, like, there's movies where you grow up loving them, and then you go back and watch, and it's like, oh, that doesn't really hold up. I feel like, as a kid, I would have been like, no, this uh, this movie will not hold up. It's not not together now.
1: It's hard to know what I would have thought as a kid, because... I had very little interest in movies that weren't animated um and continue to kind of but uh um I guess I enjoyed this movie for its ridiculousness.
0: I will say it made me realize I probably won't be able to watch children's movies with my kids because <laughs> you'll laugh too I'll hard. I'll laugh too hard. <laughs> like uh, I'll just in the middle of it, they're like, Dad, why are you laughing? I was like, this movie is objectively ridiculous. You picked a bad movie, son.
1: <laughs>
0: and then I'll put on, like, Die Hard or something. I don't know.
2: Ah, uh, a Christmas
0: movie. Yeah.
1: A child will just laugh along, not understand. They'll be yeah, like, that's true, too. Dad, are like, funny. Oh, you know, I, want
0: him, I want him to think I have a good sense of humor, so let me laugh.
2: Overall, though, like, we understand... Although it wasn't meant to be, and I guess most movies don't mean to be, it falls under the category of so bad it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I don't really like watching those movies. I personally don't go out of my way to look up so bad it's good movies and then watch them. The only time I do watch them is if someone else tells me to and then also sits me down and forces me to watch it.
1: Mm-hmm. a lot of my experience with so bad as good movies i i agree i don't go out of my way to watch them but all of my experiences have been in a group what do we want to watch and we a movie comes on and it's like a group event it's uh you sit down and laugh at it together and in all of those experiences i have had a wonderful time and i think that's why um i do like them But not in the context of let me sit down alone in my room and watch this. I don't think that's, yeah, that's not in the context in which I enjoy them.
0: Yeah, I definitely think the um, group aspect is important. It kind of makes it like you have this inside joke that you're all in on in a way that a comedy that's trying to be a comedy just doesn't have. Yes. Because you're laughing with it. But with these movies, you're laughing at them. So you're all laughing at them together. Oh, it's not an inside joke. It's bullying. You're just, bu- <laughs> you're just bullying the movie. That's what it is. Um, and I think it's
2: important. I was researching like the So Bad It's Good categories. And one of the criteria is that the creators of the movie can't know that it's bad. They mm-hmm. they need to like believe that what they are creating is a masterpiece and then part of the so bad it's good is that you are making fun of I guess the writer and the director and the actors for choosing these roles and I'm not into that mentality it, it does feel like bullying but just yeah. in general I have these high levels of empathy and cringe in these situations of oh like ah, oh, that actor's
0: really trying and it's not going well I th- I get what you're saying, but I think that's what transcends a bad movie to a movie that's so bad it's good, where it's not just cringe-worthy where it's like, "Oh, he's really trying his best." Like I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but they're like, "Oh my god, he's trying his best, and this <laughs> is what we get," which is still mean. I'm not <laughs> saying that that's not mean, but I think it takes it's not just a bad performance. That you criticize, which maybe there are people that do that, but it's it's just such a truly absurd combination of things creating like a a perfect weird thing that you can just all laugh at together.
1: Um. So do you think all all so bad as good movies have to be unaware? Because I feel like there are plenty of so bad as good movies that are self aware.
0: I think such as. <laughs>
1: Like, Sharknado knows what it's doing.
0: So, I think the Sharknado sequels know what they're doing. I think the first Sharknado was genuinely like, let's make a shark action sci-fi movie. And then saw that people liked it because of how absurd and low (laughs) budget and weird it was. And then they were like, okay, let's double down on that. Okay. And then it just kind of made it feel like they were sellouts. I think they might have known like, hey, we're not making the best movie ever. But they were still like putting their best foot forward. But then the future movies, they were like, nah, let's just make a bad movie because people are going to watch it and make fun of it. So
1: are the sequels no longer part of that
2: category? I
0: I would say so. Okay. I would say
2: that they could be part of the category but a demonstration of why they are lesser than the originals or like by being unaware of the fact that you're bad you add that layer of humor for people to make fun of it whereas when you are aware of it it's kind of like it's like that father like trying to be Hip and cool, and trying to be in on the joke with their kids and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, see, I, we're, we're ribbing each other. It works. And it's like, Go home, dad.
0: Or even if I could bring it back to the bullying uh, metaphor, it's like when they're like, Oh, like, make fun of yourself first so the bullies can't. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. It's like, Hey, yeah, you're right. That
1: scene, that thing from the first movie was dumb. And you're like, Well, now I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, so I think Spooky Buddies in was kind of aware. Maybe it's that they thought they were making a good kids movie. They're like, mm-hmm. "We're aware, like we're making a kids movie, so it's silly." But they weren't aware of how ridiculous.
0: That's possible. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I get that vibe from a lot of um, teen Nick shows, mm, yeah. where they're like, oh, "You know, it's a bunch of kids watching it, like." Just, I don't know, say words funny or, like, make the policeman a monkey. A policeman gets turned into a monkey in Spooky Buddies, and he is not phased by it at all.
1: The policeman is a good part of yeah. the
0: movie. Um, he gets turned into a monkey, jumps on Warwick's head, and says, No one makes a monkey out of me, and then laughs. It's hysterical, but I... I Agree with your point, Steph. I think they were like, this is going to be a good, wacky kids movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think that idea of this will be good for kids Mm -hmm, still translates into them thinking someone will think this movie's good. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there are kids that are good, but the three of us were like, I probably wouldn't have liked this movie as a kid, (laughs) so who knows? Uh,
2: I definitely stood up when the officer got turned into a monkey and didn't freak out <laughs> that he was now a monkey. He was just like, this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> he, he well, was, he
1: was. To be fair, he was like, I can give kids this criminal evidence and walk oh, away. Yeah. And, yeah, guys, it's a Halloween costume Oh, now. right.
0: That's how Billy gets the scepter. I thought he got it from the house, but he goes to the police station <laughs> And the officer that later gets turned into a monkey, Deputy Dan is his name. (laughs) Deputy Dan takes them to the evidence locker, and he goes, you know what? This is all really old stuff. You can take it, but bring it back. It is police evidence.
2: (laughs) I questioned this part of the movie, and I recognize why I shouldn't. I shouldn't... um, concern myself with uh, the suspension of disbelief Mm -hmm. because of how ridiculous the movie is but the part that upset me the most is that a hundred years ago people saw a wizard they accepted (laughs) that magic existed and over the course of just a hundred years everyone forgot
1: also, it was 75. We've been saying 100.
2: okay.
0: Oh, I honestly <laughs> wow. didn't know that it was... I also Why
2: are you waiting until minute, like, 18 to tell me that it's 75 years? Because <laughs> I didn't think it was that relevant. Until I
0: keep bringing it up. And yeah.
1: Then <laughs> Don't be mad.
0: I'm not. Too, too pointed. disappointed. <laughs> to uh, kind of bolster your point and try to break up this fight that I can't <laughs> see happening. Um, yeah, not only, like, the police go after the wizard, it's not like an angry yeah. mob that know about the <laughs> wizard, like, the government is involved.
2: <laughs> no Halloween
0: hound yeah. on our watch. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: okay, so if, let's say the setting is 2011, 75 years ago was still, like, the 1930s, it was the Great Depression? Is that yeah. when this happened the first time? <laughs> yep. <laughs> they totally missed it then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe they were just like, why don't you make jobs with your magic wizard? he was like, no, I need to... Oh, also, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. Warwick's plan is only to take over Fernfield, this small suburban town. And it's not like, yes, we will take over Fernfield, and then this county, and then this, and then the world. It's like, once he has the town, he's done. He's just gonna kick it and be a wizard and surf on his stupid wizard's He knows
1: that once you have a town, you don't need the world. Yeah. It just becomes too much then. The yeah. town is enough.
0: You know what? This town is my world. <laughs> I grew up here. I love this town. Said Warwick. <laughs> the War of God.
1: Um, so another thing we have glazed over thus far is the remaining trapped spirit of the estate yes. dog. Whose name is escaping Pip. me? Pip.
2: Haha, I know something you don't know about this movie. Cause I read it from this paper.
1: Darn. <laughs> um Pip, a Casper-like ghost dog, um, mm-hmm. helps all of our main puppies on their journey.
0: He does. Um, and a point about Pip that I think also brings this into the so bad it's good category of, like, the sincerity. We think it's a good movie. So Pip finds a sheet with holes in it, like a ghost costume, and then he goes, oh, I'm too scary as a ghost dog. Let me put on this ghost costume. And so he goes into it, and the sheet, like, it's like a practical effect. Like, the sheet rises and starts walking around, and they show this effect, like, three or four times. So, like, it shows to me that they were, like, Wow, like, can you believe we rigged this up? We did a really (laughs) good job. Let's put it in the movie a couple of times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then, it. but they were also like, but we also animated the dog, so the feet's gotta come back off.
0: I was legitimately surprised with the ghost dog animation. Like, it wasn't spectacular, but I was like, that is way above what I was anticipating (laughs) from this movie. I'm
2: going to skip to the end of the movie. Okay. Because <laughs> I think it's important that we all know how the movie ends. So that if you're not convinced that you need to watch this, this will convince you. Yeah. <laughs> the Halloween Hound releases this smoke to um, capture the animal's souls. And whenever he does that, he also turns the original body into stone. Mm-hmm. So he's doing this to one of the puppies, but luckily B dog had a plan, and B dog said, "Oh no, the dog, the puppy was like, he's right behind me, isn't he?" And B dog is like, "Yes, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> hear me out. Stay where you are, anyway." May, may I uh, paint the scene a little bit more? <laughs> so uh, the dog that's like he's right behind me Butterball. is Butterball. Um, I, he's the fat one, for lack of a better term. Um, so he's, of course, eating out of a jar that has eyeballs in it. And everyone's like, Butterball, those are eyeballs. And he's like, I don't know what they are, but they're delicious. And so he keeps eating them. Then the thing that Alex just described. And then, (laughs) (laughs) so B-Dog is like, just
2: hold still. You gotta trust me. And I don't know why Butterball is so willing to trust (laughs) B-Dog. B-Dog has not demonstrated any sense of intelligence (laughs) or worthiness of trust. But I guess when you're scared, I mean, you're willing to commit to someone else's plan, so it's not your fault when you die. Um, The Halloween hound starts releasing the smoke, about to capture um, Butterball's soul, and B-Dog goes... Alright, Butterball, let him rip, and he releases a fart, and the fart (laughs) has a green color to it that then combats the black smoke that's coming out of the Halloween Hound's mouth, (laughs) pushes it back, and turns the Halloween Hound into stone, and they save the day.
1: Best conclusion. <laughs> Truly,
2: <ever. laughs> the height of cinema
0: was the fart scene. I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was taken aback because there was no setup
2: <laughs> in Act One. Butterball did not fart multiple times for us to think, "Oh, that's gonna come yeah, up again was, later." There
0: was no checkoff fart. Thank
2: God, because didn't it just make it better?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) Um, Goodness gracious. So I think this is an important distinction between Camp and So Bad It's Good. Because I think Camp, um, you might kind of think of Wes Anderson movies, um, like Quirky, Surreal, um, some other example.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Quirky, Surreal, and... um exaggerated.
0: Yes. Um, we talk a little bit about Wes Anderson on our um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before episode, uh, real briefly. But So his movies are very campy, but I wouldn't say any of them are so bad they're good. You know, Most of them are regarded very highly, even though they are in this sort of weird world where things don't really make sense. But somehow it's done in a way where you don't want to laugh at it.
2: Right. Um, It's kind of like this sense of they're committed to their reality. Right. Which I think might be an aspect of the So Bad It's Good because we're making fun of them we're making fun of the movie because the movie is committed to a goal
0: that they Mm -hmm. think they're accomplishing when they're not. Right. But the weirdness somehow isn't committed. You know what I mean? So like spooky buddies we have a fart that defeats a gas monster but like none of that was set up we had no (laughs) knowledge of like farts could do that or that this character farted but all of a sudden here it is and it's it's weird and funny but not in a way that like makes sense it's just like a thing that is (laughs) right
2: (laughs) i think the yeah the biggest conflict here is that they didn't set up for it yeah and so that would separate it from can't be good versus so bad it's good. Yeah,
0: because there, there was a, there was one moment. Warwick takes over um, the the guy that gave him the candy for trick or treating, who's dressed up as a character named Franken Dude, and he's like a surfer dude, Frankenstein, and he starts walking around like Frankenstein. Once he's Warwick's slave. And he's walking through a costume party and everyone just thinks he's committed to the bit. And I was like, that's like pretty genuinely funny because they had this long setup with an ultimate payoff. And like, so that's a moment where, even though it's in a so bad, it's good movie, it's just kind of, you know, like a passable normal movie moment. Right. And I think, um, I mean, I want to talk a little bit more just about
2: campiness and like why Sometimes campy can be good and sometimes it can be bad. But it's basically answering this question of if this is true, what else is true? And if you successfully answer that question and stay within the boundaries, then the audience is committed to whatever you're claiming. Um, It's also a rule in improv when you're trying to like set up a scene. Obviously, you're making it up on the spot. But rather than starting at crazy town you have to start at some grounded reality discover something that's weird and then explore it and Mm -hmm. that's what people find amusing they see they find like that weird thing and then they join you on the journey to what else is out there that's weird if you start a scene with it already being weird everywhere there's
0: nowhere to go and boy does this movie start weird (laughs)
1: I, I just have a fundamental disagreement in that I think the fart scene was funnier because it wasn't set up. I think that's what made it funnier. You guys both cracked up. We watched that movie all together and all three of us were like, Where, wh- why? And it was funny because it came out of nowhere.
2: But- I, I like to laugh with the movie. I was laughing at
1: but That's because you don't like so bad it's good movies.
2: Right. I <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I don't like so bad it's good movies. It doesn't mean that I can't make um an evening of it and then I can't be entertained by it, but I'm not entertained by the movie. I'm entertained by the community that comes with it, which I think you shared earlier is what you like so much about it, right? The events that... And that's why... That's
1: part of why that movie was... We enjoyed it. And because of... In that particular scene, we were laughing at the movie. Right. Together.
2: And I... Would have appreciated the movie as cinema more... (laughs) If it set up in the first act.
1: But that's not the point.
2: It's... If they were trying to make a good movie, that is the point. And they were. <laughs> I exactly.
1: Think. They were trying, and they still didn't
2: put it in. And that's what upsets me, because it's so easy, it's so fundamental to have done that. <laughs>
1: okay, we're just in a disagreement here.
0: <laughs> to be fair, there are other buddy movies... So maybe he farts in everyone. one. So we
1: don't know if it's, it's the solution every time. I would be okay with that.
2: Then
0: this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe where you have to, you have you have to see the other ones to make sense. And if you want to just come in and watch Infinity War, that's fine. But if you have questions, that's not the movie's fault. <laughs> I can blame the movie. Oh, well, speaking
2: of the cinematic universe of Marvel. In Ant-Man and the Wasp, they they have a lot of campiness to it of this is really weird. And it's not just like the universe that's built into it of the fact that they're superheroes and stuff. It's also like the quirkiness of the personalities and the dialogue and even the camera angles. Um, And so I like that type of campiness of um like setting again setting up with the he used like the magic trick and close Mm -hmm. what is it close-up magic close-up magic in the first act and then we get to see how he uses it in the third act um and overall like i wouldn't say that ant-man and the wasp was a good cinematic piece but it was entertaining Mm -hmm. and i feel like spooky Buddies. I wouldn't call it entertaining because I'm not referencing the movie when I say I was entertained that night. Does that make sense?
0: Right. So you could watch Ant-Man and the Wasp in a group or by yourself and get the same, you know, general reaction out of it. But if you were to watch Spooky Buddies by yourself, it would not be as funny as you did watching it with a group. Right. Is what you're saying, like
2: Spooky Buddies, was a vehicle. The mm-hmm. same way, um, like, playing Mafia or playing Werewolf is a vehicle. Right. Um, and I don't necessarily enjoy playing either of those games, but I enjoy being in the environment where we're playing it and we can riff off of each other and, like, make fun of aspects of the game.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, but I'm... <laughs> yeah. That's it for me. That, that's the whole point. That's the whole point! I don't understand where we're... Because that's what you do with so bad as good movies. You don't watch them by yourself and go, ha ha ha.
2: I you think watch some them in people a group. do, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> some people do. The way we're talking about it, the enjoyment we get is from the the group activity of watching it.
2: Yes. So I guess at a certain point, I fell off and was criticizing the movie for the movie. Mm -hmm. I wasn't criticizing the movie for not fitting into the category of so bad. It's good. I just, there were just parts of it that upset me, even though I laughed at it because I am a sophisticated
0: (laughs) critic and I can't help myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, this is kind of a Testament about so bad. It's good movies. You know, part of what the enjoyment is, is like, don't take it too seriously you know uh, of course they didn't set it up in the beginning it's it's just silly because he farts and there's no reason for it and it's funny so like kind of putting it under this lens of the way we would critique a normal movie might seem like well now you're missing the point like you're supposed to say like that's objectively ridiculous and laugh at it and then move on so I'm wondering if this is a sort of a thing about So Bad It's Good movies.
2: I guess I just think there's an in-between movie Mm -hmm. that I don't have to take seriously but still enjoy, and this is a lesser version of that, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, when I watch the Fast and Furious franchise, I wouldn't consider that So Bad It's Good, although some people do consider it. I consider them guilty pleasures, where I'm entertained by them... But I recognize them as not good cinema. And I would much prefer to find movies in that category than to find movies in the So Bad It's Good. Because I still think that I can make fun of it, but I can still be entertained by the movie itself.
0: Yeah. Um. So as longtime fans of the show know, uh, I'm very entertained by the Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> um. And I agree, though some people... I feel no one thinks that movie is so bad it's good. I admit that it's bad, but that's not why I enjoy it. And I think that's the big difference, is if you like a so-bad-it's-good movie, it's not like, oh, I can look past the flaws. You're only interested in the flaws. Whereas like a guilty pleasure movie, it's like, yeah, I know. Um, You know, Jared Leto could have done better, but, you know, I, I still liked it.
2: Honestly, if we're gonna talk about Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad, real quick, the Jared Leto part wasn't the part that upset me. I, I know that was
0: just the oh, okay a, a quick what could, example. Yeah.
1: When I think about Spooky Buddies as mm-hmm. in terms of a so bad as good movie, I think that well, first of all, I think it was entirely too long. I think that if this movie was condensed a little bit, I would have enjoyed it a whole lot more with a lot of the more ridiculous parts closer together um, and less plot stuff. There was a lot of
2: <laughs> transition in this movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And you know what? Take the kids out of it. I'm here for the puppies, <laughs> right? There were too much of them. But I think that the movie could have been even a little bit more ridiculous. And it's maybe those long periods of like in-between that threw it off for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a so-bad-as-good movie, I think it could have done
0: without it. I gotta say, this movie's only an hour and a half. (laughs) But it (laughs) it could have been an hour. (laughs) I I agree. Like, you could probably cut ten minutes out of the first twenty minutes of it. Like, that's the kind of movie. Like,
2: there's a scene where they have to go find a a fortune teller, (laughs) and we watch them leave, and we watch them look... And we watched them find the fortune teller. And it takes way too long. They could have just cut to
0: the fortune teller. Yeah. The fortune
1: teller was great as a character. Um, As an added side, like...
0: Loved her. Ridiculous. Uh, Mrs. Foreman. Yeah. her voice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't remember much of what she says, but she's like, We have to contact the spirit world. I have a Ouija board.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can I talk about one thing? One, you know, something that would have made it you know
2: a better, better bad movie. movie or a better movie? A
1: better movie. Okay. Is okay. that a, a plot hole that bothered me, kind of like uh what was it the, the body, fart, The, the fart, fart bothered that you. they didn't
2: set up for it.
1: <laughs> in the end, they so the big evil Halloween hound turns into stone and all the other poor uh souls who had gotten turned into stone in the hound's wake get turned back into but the hound doesn't. Everyone gets unstoned, and that would have been meant to me that the Halloween Hound was also turned back into a hound.
0: If I were to guess, maybe like their souls return, and since the Halloween Hound presumably like doesn't have a soul, <laughs> maybe like he couldn't get turned back.
1: Mm. Yeah. If
0: I were to try to plug up this fuck. <laughs> that fixes it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um I guess
2: like what it comes down to is the sincerity of the movie and I think that will ultimately decide how invested I am in it and how much I'm going to like it. And I want to just point out again like I wasn't not entertained by this movie but it wasn't the
0: movie itself right what makes it so bad it's good is that you're entertained at how bad it is and
2: more so entertained at how bad we all see that it is
0: (laughs) that'll do it for this episode thank you all so much for listening please tune in next time when we talk about Hocus Pocus and Witch Trials If you liked us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you all so much again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.